Good morning. Let's pray together briefly. Lord, thank you for your work over so many years that demonstrates to all of us your hand is on this place. I thank you for the way you are working right now through the faculty and the administration and the lives of students. Thank you, Lord, that you are working for your glory in this place and in the church now and for years to come. Every moment you delay in sending Jesus Christ is a moment we know you will glorify your name and that you're doing it right now in and through this place. And we are grateful for your work. We give you all the glory for what you have done, and we see your hand in a way that is unmistakable. And so today, Father, we in confidence ask that you would work in our hearts for the purpose of strengthening the church, glorifying Jesus Christ, and drawing a world to him for salvation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the last 12 months, the 12 months we're looking at in the rearview mirror has been some of the craziest 12 months of our lives, right? It has been off the charts crazy. And my last 12 months began a year ago in February with what I thought at the time was the last conversation I would ever have with my dad. He had gone into the hospital with what the hospital identified as something like pneumonia. They didn't know what was going on. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know how to stop it. And he just began to slide further and further away from life. During all the testing, as the hospital was trying to figure out what was going on with him, they discovered he had lymphoma cancer throughout his body. And he slipped out of life into a state where the doctors believed he was going to die. I thought he was going to die. My dad thought he was going to die. Before he got to the place where he was pretty much unconscious, right before we were going to put him into hospice, which, by the way, he miraculously woke up the day he was supposed to go into hospice and was, like, on the road to recovery in the most amazing way. That's another story for another time. But when my dad knew that he was going to die, he chose to have one of those final conversations with me and uh, he said things to me that I'll never forget I'll never forget the look of joy on his face when he said I'm proud of you I'll never forget the emotion in his voice when he said I'm so grateful you have faithfully served the Lord as a pastor he says, I can't tell you how proud I am that you have walked with the Lord. He said things in a way that you would think a last conversation should feel like. Now, I'm grateful it didn't end up being a last conversation, and so is he. He just celebrated his 79th birthday, and he told me I'm so grateful to be alive. Um, but I will never forget those words. I found myself thinking that in the family of God, like th those conversations with my dad were family 
conversation of a magnitude that were life-changing for me. And I find myself thinking that in the family of God, those kinds of life-giving conversations should not be the exception, but should be the norm. Here's what I know. As you head into a life of ministry as a vocation, you need those kinds of life-giving words more than you can imagine. I want you to read with me from 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 1. Thank you, Dr. Greenway, for letting me borrow your Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. These words are words from the older, wiser. At the end of his ministry journey, Paul, to the younger, at the beginning of his ministry journey, Timothy. These are family words. Listen to these words. Timothy, my Son, I'm giving you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies previously made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the good fight, having faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected these and have shipwrecked their faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered to Satan, so that they may be taught not to blaspheme. One of the things I love about Paul's letter to Timothy is that the spiritual father is saying to the spiritual son again and again, I don't want you to shipwreck your faith. I want you to get to the end of your journey and I want you to be able to say, I have fought the fight. I have completed my race. Paul wanted that for his spiritual son, Timothy. But what I want you to see today is that God wants that for you. He wants you to get to the end of your ministry journey and be able to say, I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. I have completed my race. He wants you to stay in the faith And he's reminding us here in this passage one of the most significant means for staying in the fight. Can can you imagine Timothy recalling this moment that Paul is describing? The moment where Paul and apparently several others gathered around Timothy, maybe praying over him and sharing things in prayer about what God is doing with Timothy and will do in the future. Maybe even saying to Timothy, the Lord has laid on my heart that he's going to use you in the most significant ways. He's going to do things in your life that you simply can't imagine. This is not about you and your ability. This is not about your skills and your gifts. This is about the mercy and grace of God transforming you for his purposes and your glory, his glory. He is going to use you in ways that are going to humble you, going to force you to more dependence. They're going to blow you away. You're going to feel unworthy about, but you're going to be so excited that you are called into the adventure. Can't you see Timothy recalling those moments? 
seeing the faces of those godly men, feeling the emotion of hearing people say what they believed God would do with his life. And Paul says to Timothy, I want you to recall those moments because those moments are a means. God has given you a gift that God has given you that will help you stay in the fight no matter what. To live with a faith and a good conscience that reflects the glory and grace that called you into this. I want you to, I want you to remember those things. So that you'll stay in the fight. I remember when I was in college, you know some of you in here are in college, and I remember when I was in college that there was a spiritual authority in my life, a leader of a ministry. And God laid on his heart to come to me and say, I want you to be involved in this ministry. I believe God has called you and gifted you to serve in a particular way. Now, God was gracious to me because he knew I wasn't smart enough to know that I should pursue something on my own, and so he laid it on this man's heart to pursue me. And he did, and it turned into an experience when I was in college where I got to sit under spiritual authority that spoke into me what God saw his grace would do with me. When I was in seminary, some of you were in seminary classes. When I was in seminary, I had the opportunity to spend weekly time with a man who was older and wiser. It just so happened that the reason I started spending weekly time with this person who became my spiritual ministry mentor, the reason I began spending that weekly time is because it was a seminary assignment. You see, I wasn't smart enough to know to go and ask somebody to take that role in my life, but because the seminary had interest in my development, they assigned me the opportunity, and I went to who you know now as Dr. Osborne and asked him if he would meet with me on a weekly basis and what I discovered in those meetings. I discovered in those meetings that God had a purpose for using me. I heard him say again and again things about me and to me that ensured in my own heart what it is God was calling me to. I had those moments where God made it very clear that he wanted to use me. I look back on those times and I think to myself, man, what was God doing in those times? He was securing my heart to the grace of his work and calling me to serve him. And I want to encourage you to recognize what God is doing in your life right now, students. What God is doing right now in your life is giving you opportunity as a student to have experiences with people who are older and wiser, who can speak into your life and begin to help you see where God is calling you, where His grace is at work so that you might be responding to His work in you. 
God is doing something in your life right now as a student so that you might know his call on your life. Professors, influencers that are in this room, I just want to encourage you you would take every opportunity to help affirm in the students' lives that God has brought into your life the work of the Lord in their life. You know, sometimes your affirmation of the work of the Lord in their life is a redirection from what they thought the Lord was doing in their life. Sometimes it's an affirmation, sometimes it's a redirection, but you have a critical role to play. And I just want to tell you, thank you for being in that position. And I want to urge you to make the most of that opportunity to help your students discern God's hand and calling on their life so that they might realize what it really means to be called. What it really means to have God saying to them, I want you to serve me in ministry. It's the most incredible opportunity that you have at this stage in your life, students to discover what it means to be called of God to serve the Lord in ministry. I hope you'll do everything you can in this opportunity to discern God's calling so that you might faithfully serve him in ministry. You know, when you're preaching at seminary and you're wanting to experience the Lord's work in a moment like this, the last thing you want to do is forget what you're supposed to say next. (laughs) Anybody ever had that situation happen? You know, when God God calls you um, to serve Him, You need help. And as God has brought you here as a student, He has placed all of these leaders around you to help you. And God wants you to be certain of His calling. 
and I hope you'll take advantage of every opportunity God has given you to be certain of that calling. You know, I wanna, I wanna encourage you with a couple other things before I close out here. When I, when I first went to um, my, my first pastorate post um, a little over 20 years ago, I walked into that situation and um, that situation turned out to be far more difficult than I ever imagined. And when I, think, when I think back to that situation and I think about the challenges related to that and I, th- and I think about what you know, this passage is encouraging, I think about the fact that Think about the fact that the Lord called me into that situation knowing full well how difficult it would be. I followed a pastor who, um, because of immorality, um, had left a real mess. And I walked into that situation and it was far more difficult than I could have ever imagined. And as I walked into that situation and walked into that difficulty, um, I needed to experience the certainty of God's call to that place. Because if I did not know that God had called me to that place, I'm going to tell you right now, it would have been easy to quit. And I I just want to encourage you as you consider your next steps into the future in ministry that you would consider that God wants you to be certain of his calling on your life. And he wants to use this experience in seminary to give you the ability to step into that calling with certainty. I'll never forget all the challenges the first several years of serving in that first church as the senior pastor and many times wanting to not be there because of the difficulty and falling back on the fact that I knew that God had called me there. I knew, I knew that this is what he wanted in my life. And I want to encourage you to be certain of God's calling. I want to encourage you that when you think about where you're at and the difficulties that might be there, that you would be in a place where you decide, I am going to be here because God called me, and I'm not going to interpret the difficulties of being here as God's not calling me anymore. 
Because the reality is when God puts a call on your life and you go into a local church to serve that church in whatever capacity God has called you into vocational ministry, he's calling you to go into that place because that place needs someone to shepherd. And you can't interpret the challenges or the difficulty as missing your call. You actually interpret the challenges and the difficulty as solidifying your call. I want to encourage you as you think about what it looks like to respond to the Lord's work in your life, in His calling, in ministry, to consider that the difficulties that you encounter are actually confirmation of His calling. I want you to think about the fact that when God calls you to a place, he's calling you to a place to serve him no matter what happens. No matter how hard it gets and as hard as it might be, that's, that's often confirmation of his call in your life, not a reason to question that confirmation. I want to encourage you when you think about God's work in your life and calling you to a place that you would not forget that he calls you, he calls, if you're married, your spouse, if you have children, your children, and ask the Lord if he wouldn't be so gracious as to give your spouse and your children the opportunity of experiencing personalization of that calling on your life. When you're walking into those situations where God has called you, it is so critical that you know that the Lord has called you and your family so that you will be faithful in serving in that calling. You know, this passage is incredibly encouraging to me because this passage wants us to experience God's hand in encouraging us to be faithful in the best possible way. You, you, you know, these, these two other individuals that were named that are not experiencing a good outcome are examples for us so that we might say we want the shaping hand of God in the best possible way so that we never experience God's discipline in the worst kind of way. And you, you, you may be thinking about, well, what, well, what what does it look like in, in a life when God is working in this way? And I just want to tell you that if you're here this morning and you're, seeing, and you're saying to yourself, I want to be shaped by the Lord for ministry for years to come so that I never fall away. 
and a story of the worst possible outcome. If that's, if that's your heart, if that's what you're saying this morning, I want you to recognize that God wants to use the best possible means to keep you faithful in your calling. And, and that's really what is being described here by Paul to Timothy, encouraging him to recognize the way that God wants to keep him in the faith and the way that he does not want him to drift into some other kind of devastation. And I just want to urge you, please allow God's work in you in the best possible way to confirm in you his calling and to confirm in you his work so that you might experience what he's doing for the sake of the church and his glory. What you see here in these examples is this slow drifting away from the Lord. Lindley and I were one time, we were out uh, at the beach and we went out fishing on a kayak together. I'd convinced her to go out into the ocean on a kayak. Against her better judgment, she jumped into that dual kayak and we rowed out there past all the waves, past all the sandbars. I wanted to do some fishing and we're out there just past the third sandbar or so and, and we're starting to fish and we're focused on, you know, the fishing and the water and and uh, all of a sudden, after a few minutes, she looks up and recognizes that we are so far from the beach, she can't even see a person. We have just drifted slowly and not realizing we are drifting. And then she recognized how far we sh she had drifted, and she's like, you need to get me back to the shore now. And about that time, I hooked into a shark. Let's just say we went to DEFCON 5. It is time to get me back to the shore. I cut the line. We start rowing back to the shore. And uh, we had not realized just how far we had drifted until the shark got on the line. You know, a drift away from the Lord is kind of like that. You don't realize how far you've drifted until the shark's on the line. And what I'd like to encourage you with this morning is to, instead of thinking that you haven't drifted at all, to instead act like there's reason to pursue the Lord in light of the fact that you might be drifting further than you realize. To do everything you can to make sure your heart is right before the Lord, that your heart is humble before Him, that you are ready to be spoken into, that you're ready to be corrected, that you are pursuing the Lord with everything you are. The opportunity to serve the Lord in the calling which He has called you is an opportunity that deserves everything you have to offer in the recognition that all you have to offer is because of the Lord's grace and kindness. Students, you need 
the input and the leadership of your professors. You need help figuring out what God is doing in your life. And professors and leaders in seminary, you are God's gift to these students to help them find their way. God intends for this to be a place where he so works in the lives of professors and administration and students that the kingdom of God is well fit with faithful servants who will not bend no matter what the waves do. My experiences here have been some of the most difficult and rewarding experiences of my life. And what I continue to see in this place is that God's hand is here. And he wants you to be prepared for a life of faithfulness. God's not plan for you is not for you to be in the place where the worst possible scenario unfolds. God's plan for you is to experience his call on your life confirmed and strengthened by the church around you for his glory. Do not miss the window of opportunity that God has granted you in this place. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you would in, in spite of um, the challenges that we might be facing today at any level of particularly the last week or so of the weather and classes and assignments, I pray that in this moment, Lord, you would speak to students' lives and you would confirm in their hearts your call on their lives. I pray, Father, that you would put in the hearts of faculty and administration and staff a clear vision a clear vision maybe than they've ever sensed before how they might come alongside individual students and help them find their way through understanding your work in their life so that they might experience the greatest degree of certainty of your calling and Lord I pray that ultimately you would bless the church and that you would build the church for your glory so that many would hear about Jesus Christ from faithful servants who stay true to the cause of Christ their entire lives. Lord, thank you for your grace and thank you for your goodness. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.